0: What does a career in financial planning involve, and how difficult is it to establish a successful career in this profession? Also, what are the advantages of working abroad, and how easy is it to adjust to a completely different culture? Well, we're about to find out. Welcome to Half Hour Mentor. My name is Ian Cleverdon, and welcome to the penultimate episode of the first series. Thanks for all the positive comments to date. And if you've only just discovered the series, please do delve into the archive of the previous eight episodes. Whether you're a student looking for some career guidance or establishing your career and wanting a little bit of inspiration from experienced business people, then there's something for you in every episode. My guest today is Rebecca Ellis, Technical Development Manager with the global financial services firm Devere Group. The group provides a broad range of financial services including wealth management advice, investment banking, retail banking, asset management and fintech apps. Having attained a first class honours degree from Manchester Metropolitan University Business School, Rebecca pursued a career in financial planning within the UK and now lives and works in Dubai where she trains other graduates and colleagues in the field. If you're wondering what's involved in financial planning and think it may be a potential career option for you, today's episode is Essential Listening. Please let me know what you think of this podcast via the link in the show notes and do spread the word about it if you know someone who is interested in financial planning as a career. So let's hear from Rebecca. I interviewed her via Zoom while she was sat in her office near Dubai Harbour. Rebecca, thanks very much for joining Half Hour Mentor.
1: Hi Ian, thanks for having me.
0: Let's start by asking you, what was the first career or job that you wanted to do when you were back in your teenage years?
1: So from a young age, I always liked anything to do with money. So for example, when my parents were giving me pocket money, I used to count it out and always very careful with where I was spending my money. Didn't really know at the time that that was where my interest would lie. But going on a few years to when I was doing my A-levels and kind of thinking about the next steps, I really enjoyed business studies and maths. So I think then the logical thing for me, what well, I thought to do would be accounting and finance. So it was money related and there's always plenty of jobs in that field. So when I went off to university, I started with an accounting and finance degree.
0: Which university did you go to, to study accounting and finance?
1: So I went to Manchester Metropolitan University. So it was in 2011 that I started my degree and I graduated in 2014.
0: Tell us a little bit about that journey, then. So, how did it go? What What was your experience at university like?
1: So, university obviously was lots of fun. Um, my first year was very much kind of the, your first time that you're living away from home. So, of course, there was a much uh, or a very busy social life, um, and it was just getting used to that kind of structure of going to your lectures we had kind of classroom work as well and then your homework getting used to those kind of assignments so that was very different to what i'd experienced at my a levels which was very much you saw your teachers a couple of times a week and then when you went off to university it's different because you haven't got as close a relationship with your lecturers so i think it puts that first bit of kind of pressure on you into the real world that you've got to be responsible to First of all, know when you need to turn up to lectures. That's not too difficult, but also be able to manage your time. I was working part time as well, uh, just to have some extra money. So I think that was the kind of first stage of getting together and knowing you know, where you need to be, planning out your schedule for studying and working. So first year, I think, was just getting used to that kind of lifestyle. Second year, I definitely noticed that it got harder. There was more to do. You had kind of more responsibility as a student. So I think in second year, that's the time when you kind of slightly reduce that social life and increase your kind of work, or uh, your studying. And then final year, very much felt serious. It was the projects that we did were much more in depth. So you had to, you know, not that I ever did leave anything to the last minute, but you had to be much more prepared, and much more organised because your kind of work couldn't just be done in a couple of weeks. It was very much month-long kind of projects that we had to work on so you definitely notice that kind of development as an individual as you go through those three years and that you know first year it's just a taste to get used to it and then by third year you really are a kind of student that has a lot of responsibility and a lot of work to get on with.
0: I know in speaking before, you've you got pretty much straight into the financial planning career. So at what stage at your university life, if you like, did financial planning crop up and how did you pursue it?
1: OK, so as I said, I started off doing accounting and finance and it was towards the end of my first year that I was approached by one of the lecturers from a financial planning degree. So there was lots of students on the accounting and finance programme and financial planning degree it was not many people knew what financial planning was there was a much smaller cohort on this particular degree so they were encouraged the university was encouraging students to switch degrees so at the end of my first year I left the accounting and finance degree and moved over to a financial services financial planning degree and even for myself I wasn't at that time a hundred percent aware of what financial planning was obviously done my research and it sounded like a good area to go into but it was only really when you start to get involved in the topics and the modules that you realise that there is a huge industry here and what it actually involves and how it can i found it such a great industry now to work in
0: great i want to explore your career very very shortly and have a look at how that's gone but let's just kind of just backtrack then in terms of financial planning because there'll be quite a few listeners who really don't know what's involved with financial planning. Can you just summarise? what What is it? What do you do? What does the career involve?
1: So in terms of financial planning, I'd say it's really understanding where people are now financially. So it's all about individuals. We don't do corporate tax planning. Understand where they are now and where they want to be in the future. So looking at you know what assets they've got now, what your earnings are, and in the future, you know, where do you want to retire? How much money will you need? And how are we going to get from A to B by putting in place some kind of financial plan, whether it's savings, investing. We also have to take into account insurance and um, different types of insurance to ensure that people can stay on track to reach those goals in the future.
0: OK, that, that's interesting, because although you, we're talking very much about finance here, it sounds like people are really at the centre of all of this. When you, you're discussing your financial projections and, you know, the, the, the objectives that people want to achieve. So how much is it about people from your perspective?
1: It's massively about the people. So because we are often helping people, it might be a a plan for retirement that's in 30, maybe in 40 years time. You've got to work with those people. They need to trust you, but you also need to trust them and the information that they're disclosing so that you can ensure you're putting in place a a good financial plan that will help them achieve their objectives. So it's you know, difficult. You can't just meet someone for the first time and know what their financial plan would will be. It's very much a process. So you have a number of meetings. It's all about getting to know people. You know, understanding what drives them in life, what, what their interests are, what you know their passions are, and that helps you to get to know that person to understand, you know, their feelings about investments or understanding whether or not they they want to avoid perhaps a particular sector or. You know are they wanting to help their children or is it their grandchildren that they're more kind of bothered about helping in the future so there's not a quick answer to anything it really is a long-term process that always evolves and changes depending on you know where people go and if they're changing jobs having children and grandchildren it really is about kind of helping the family not even just the individual that we're dealing with it's much wider than that so it's yeah massively about the people and building those relationships
0: So you ended up uh, at university, effectively approached, I think is what you said, to suggest it might be good for you. What was that, say, final year? How did you go about looking for careers in financial planning?
1: I always wanted to start working as soon as possible after I graduated or, in fact, it was actually after my last exam. So it was difficult in that final year because you've got a lot of pressure to perform well in your exams and your assignments. But you're also worried about what happens next. So you get to the end of your degree and all of a sudden you know, you've had three years of just knowing what comes next. And now you're in that world of, OK, well, I'm going to be a graduate soon. How am I going to find a job? So I took a role that was financial planning based. It was working in a financial planning firm not too far away from my par- where my parents lived. So I was based in this industry you often start at the bottom and work your way up. So I went into financial planning firm and I was doing the day-to-day admin tasks so of things like preparing valuations for clients, um, putting together the application forms for any new investments that were being recommended. But in doing that, you work alongside a financial advisor, so someone who is qualified to to do that role. So you very much have to learn from them, understand at that point how it all works, put it all together, and this industry is very much you start at the bottom and work your way up. So you've just got to bear in that it might be a bit boring initially, but once you've kind of cracked that first step, understand what the role is, I think it's a very easy um, industry to kind of bump yourself up the ranks quickly.
0: What are the titles of the roles if somebody's looking, searching, say, in their final year for roles in financial planning? What would be the terms of jobs or the names of the, the jobs that they would look for or search for on sites?
1: So normally the entry level roles, it would be something like a client services, client services administrator. So client servicing is, usually, is the day to day work to look after those clients. The next level up, which is usually for someone who's qualified or at least kind of working through their exams, is something called a planner. So, a it's similar to a paralegal, it's you are preparing advice reports, you are looking at tax planning, you are looking at the investments to see where recommendations can be made, and that role is always very closely aligned to what a financial advisor is doing, but it's the planner who is kind of preparing the recommendations and doing all the work behind the scenes. And that role I think in this industry has often been not quite had the credit it deserves because although it is a behind the scenes role and it's generally not uh, client facing, you've got to have all that knowledge built in because often the financial advisor that you're working with, they're that's the people person. They're out there speaking to the clients and they just can come back to the office and throw a file to you and say, right, prepare me some advice on this. So often the power planner is the one that's doing all the work giving the advice, although it's just the financial advisor who actually puts their name to it as such.
0: From what you've said there, there sounds like a huge amount of um, compliance regulation. So therefore, professional qualifications. Now, tell us a little bit about what you have to do, because I imagine anything that says professional qualification would be we go, wow, well, do that as well as working. What, what have you gone through in terms of professional qualifications?
1: So in this industry, there are a couple of routes that you can go down to get qualified so there's a minimum level of qualification that you need to give advice to individuals different routes that you can go down different exam boards so for me i was lucky when i graduated that the degree gave me and those that are on my course exemptions from three exams in order to get to this minimum level to give advice so usually there's six exams that you need to take and i was lucky as i had exemptions from three so i quickly got on with those exams. and um, luckily the place that I was working actually gave us a small financial incentive each time we passed an exam. So that always encouraged me and reminded me when my friends were off doing nice things and I was sat at home studying that this is the reason that I'm doing it is I'm going to earn more money in now and in the long run. So the exams they vary you can do there's some written papers if you want to go into an advanced level, the basic level most of them are multiple choice. So Those exams cover different topics such as insurance, tax planning, investing, pensions. So it's all quite broad, but it does get quite detailed because at the end of the day, you're giving people financial advice. You need to know your stuff and be able to give that advice at a high level.
0: I think from what you said there immediately, when you hear things like pensions, tax planning, that might be putting some people off. But I just go back to what you said earlier on, it's all about people. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a means to an end, isn't it? To be able to say you need to know that and be able to understand that. But it's all about dealing with people to give them that advice for the future. So let's talk about your career then, Rebecca. You know, We've talked about how you search for the roles and so on. You talked about the first job was in a fairly small firm. Um, from that um, I'm talking to you now I'm looking at uh, you're in Dubai you've got Dubai Harbour behind you uh, there so we'll come to that in a moment but how have what was the sort of next stage of your journey from that small firm uh, and why have you moved on?
1: So the small firm was great initially I think being in a smaller firm it's personally I found it easier to kind of meet people make friends because you know everyone was together it was just a small group of us but i Quite quickly realised, once I'd got the initial kind of hang of what I was doing, that at a bigger firm, perhaps there would be more opportunities and more variation. So I then changed roles and I moved to a different firm where I was on a kind of formal graduate programme. So they had a quite rigorous kind of timeline set out as to what the graduates would do. So again, like I said earlier, in this industry, you start at the bottom and you work your way up. So there was some client servicing just to get used to it, get used to the computer systems. Once you spent maybe a month or two in that team, you then moved on to look at corporate schemes. So that would be where we, or the company was looking after a pension scheme for another company. So you, again, that's very much a servicing role. It's a lot of processes to follow, which I think is good to get the hang of what you need to do and understand why it works. Then once you kind of got through that initial stage, perhaps the first five or six months, you then get paired up with a financial advisor. So you get to know their clients, which for me was the big change from not really speaking to clients to then moving to being involved with clients and picking up the phone, even if it was just simple things to arrange a meeting or ask a client a question. That was kind of the first stages of getting used to speaking to clients. Working with that financial advisor, you learn so much. You understand, you know, how they work, the way that they do things, and also kind of you hear about their story and how they got into financial planning. So I was lucky as the financial advisor who I was paired with was a lady who was probably only 10 or 12 years older than me, and she'd been with that company for about seven or eight years. So she was very much in my position of of starting at the bottom and working her way up. They didn't have a formal graduate scheme when she started, but very much she had gone through those stages, understood how the business works, set a good example to her peers, got through all of her qualifications. And she had done very well for herself and she had lots of clients, got lots of referrals and had really kind of made a good name for herself as a young female in the industry. So that was really inspiring for me as well.
0: You went from a smaller company to a larger company and that, and again, you're in Dubai now. Why, Why Dubai? Why did you want to move abroad?
1: So it was very much a personal choice. I had been living in Manchester University and then working in that area as well. Done all my qualifications and that was my qualifications to get to the minimum level that you needed to give advice but also up to the next level which was chartered financial planner so i very much knew that i had my qualifications all in the bag work was going well but i think i just fancied a change there wasn't you know a strong reason for going i just thought why not if it goes wrong i can come back but i had been approached by a company in dubai that was a very similar role to what i was doing in the uk for a financial planning firm that had an office in the uk that was regulated and worked exactly the same as any other financial planning business in the uk but they'd also branched overseas they had offices in dubai they had some in australia some across europe so i thought why not let's go and see what else there is outside of the uk so i came with the kind of mentality that if it didn't work out and was done on my qualifications i could come back to the uk no problem but Five years, five and a half years later, and I'm still here.
0: <laughs> wow. That, and that's interesting because I know the perception outside of um, Dubai will be perhaps it's not known for its gender equality, you know, its culture. So on. what's your experience of that?
1: I was surprised when I arrived here because I'd never been to Dubai before moving here to live here. So I'd heard and family and friends had kind of warned me, oh, you're going to Dubai on your own is... A young female, is that safe? Is it the right thing to do? But Dubai is you know very open to different cultures, and it is changing even in the five years that I've been here. I've noticed a big difference. And you've got to remember that in the UAE, the population is 10% locals and then 90% expats. So there's you know all types of different food, different cultures, whatever you want to experience, you can find it in Dubai. because I think the expats here, as I said, it's 90% of the population. The local people are very welcoming. They can kind of love, and of course, you would love that they've had this tiny country that didn't really have any business opportunities. To now, in 2022, there's so much business here. It's now becoming hubs in banking, engineering, there's all sorts of industries going on. So the locals are very, very welcoming and have really kind of embracing what's going on in their country.
0: What does your role involve in working in Dubai?
1: So I work for an international financial planning firm. I do lots of training within our office here in Dubai, but also to our other offices around the world. And I was doing some travelling before the pandemic, but now most of that is on Zoom. So travelling has died off, but there's still lots of training to be doing. So the training that we do, generally is around UK financial planning. So UK taxes, UK pensions. But since being offshore outside of the UK, I've also learned about taxes in say, Australia, in New Zealand, in South Africa, because Dubai has people from literally all over the world. We have to learn a bit more about the tax regimes in other people's countries to understand how their assets will be taxed when they go back home if they decide to do that so that's one part of it the training and then also i meet with clients as let's call it a technical specialist so it might be a financial advisor has met with a client and the client wants to know a bit more detailed information let's say about how their pension works or how their property in the uk will be taxed so they'll bring me into the meeting as an extra person just to help with that additional kind of level of knowledge and also you know it helps in front of clients when I say yeah I'm UK qualified chartered financial planner so it really has paid off doing all those qualifications all those years ago because probably not a day goes by where I can mention about the level of qualification that I have which in this industry or any other industry that has any form of professional qualifications it really does put you onto that extra level or higher level than someone who hasn't put themselves through that pain of doing the qualifications.
0: You mentioned about training then so there's one thing having the financial planning knowledge and learning that aspect of it, advising and so on but training is a, almost a different skill that you need. How have you picked that up and how has that developed?
1: That is something that I a skill that I have developed over the years because it's one way of doing things is how I would do it but you've got to think about how everyone has a different way of learning. So some days I might be doing training to a group of brand new graduates to the business that don't know very much about financial planning. Another day I'm delivering a training session to people that might have worked for the company for 10, 15 years. So you've always just got to remember who you are training. And I've made the mistake plenty of times myself you now using, a you know, in this industry we have a lot of jargon. So you can use a term that to me is bread and butter it makes sense but you have to remember that people and even clients that you speak to you have to change the way that you speak to them depending on you know what their background and what their knowledge is so that's a really difficult skill to pick up but once you've got it it really does help you to train other people that you're working with.
0: In terms of financial planning then let's be honest about this what's the best bits about the job and what are the worst bits about it let's start with the best bits first.
1: So, best bits, I think, is the people, so we get to meet with all sorts of different people, whether they're young, whether they're older, whether they're from, could be any country in the world, and get to know them and you know you hear about people's holidays and you need to ask those questions about you know what drives you, why are you saving for your retirement, what you want to do then? So, I love that because you can you know you it's acceptable to ask lots of questions and hear about amazing destinations across the world so for sure people is the best thing and the worst Uh, (laughs) the worst it can be hard at times because you know you can meet people that have had a bad experience with investing in the past or perhaps have received some bad financial advice or people that have for whatever reason lost their jobs. so again it's down to the people but you come across people that haven't been so fortunate so it's you've got to have a lot of empathy at times and be able to kind of understand and listen to people and then still try and help them where you can. But you do hear some sad stories.
0: Let's look to the future then for you. So what does the future hold? You're in Dubai at the moment. Um, Obviously, you've got a lot of time ahead of you. What's your ultimate goal?
1: In terms of the future, I'm very much kind of person, let's see what happens. I'm very happy in Dubai in my role. There is progression within the company. I would be open to moving to another country, maybe I've always fancied like, Singapore or Hong Kong. They are big kind of financial hubs. So the future for me is very much keep working hard, see what happens and just enjoy being an expat and that lifestyle that we have.
0: I've got one final question that I ask all of my guests, Rebecca, and that is knowing what you know now, what one piece of advice would you give your younger self? Let's say that university student self.
1: My piece of advice would be to reflect more. So it's very easy to go through those student years and the first few years of being a graduate, not really think about what's going on in your life. So I would think about what's going well for me what wasn't going so well and areas that I can improve on so I think even now reflecting is really important just to take a minute or an hour out of your day every week or so and just have a think about where you are and what you need to improve on.
0: Rebecca thanks ever so much for all your advice.
1: Thanks Ian it's nice to talk to you.
0: Did you know that the average age of a financial advisor is mid to late 50s? If you're considering a career in finance, then financial planning provides a huge opportunity for young people to join, as recruits are needed to succeed those who are close to retirement. You can tell from Rebecca's experience that the key skills required for the role are people and relationship-based. The professional qualifications will give you the tools that you need to support you in your learning and development within the role. I was also intrigued to find out how she found working in Dubai, given the cultural differences. I was extremely surprised to learn about the population ratio being heavily weighted towards expats and wasn't expecting that. That must make it easier to settle into life over there. Could that career path be an opportunity for you, perhaps? Thanks to Rebecca for her guidance and advice. You can learn about Devere Group and the Chartered Insurance Institute professional qualifications by following the links in the show notes. You'll also see there a link to the variety of different financially related degree programmes available through the series sponsor, Manchester Metropolitan University Business School. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the series wherever you get your pods. That way, you'll be prompted when Series 2 commences. You can leave feedback about the episode through social media by searching for Half Hour Mentor. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, bye for now.